often beats with Clint. Ew. So, uh, breaking news, guys. Breaking news. I escaped orientation today. And I do not mean my sexual. I mean, I left and I left with a job. A job that uh, pays a lot more than I ever thought it would. Uh, yeah. So I guess I'm off the schneid, put some rosin on my bag, and said nut up. And now I'll be lifting a box near you, and I don't mean your girls. I mean, literally, I'll probably be shipping packages to where your girlfriend stays when you decide you can't lay. But yeah, I handle packages, and... All sizes, not just mid-level exception. <clears throat> yeah, I don't even know what the job entails. I'm going to be honest with you. It just, uh, I guess you show up and you tape some stuff. You slap a label, even if you don't believe in them. And you ship it out. And you don't ask questions. And when I get my paychecks... All my morals leave the building. And that's okay. You know what? It's okay to accept that. Your morals are not that important. By the way, welcome to episode 82 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I know it's been a brief five to six day period. Typically, you guys get episodes every day. You fucking entitled pricks. Imagine the ego of someone be like, I need your episode today. It's like you have millions of better options to choose from. Well, say you're demand something. You guys haven't even left a fucking review and you want to sit here and DM me directly. Hey, how come you haven't dropped an episode? It's like, because I'm unemployed. Not anymore. But now that I'm employed, expect less. Actually, you'll probably be getting the same. I'll just double down episodes. I'm going to get a second job to pile up this Guapo, as the young millennials or whatever, which is kind of dumb how we want to generalize people. Oh, he's a millennial, so that tells you everything you need to know about them. It's like, oh, he's a they're a boomer. That tells you everything you need to know. It's like, eh, that's a bit of a stretch. Some people have old school values, and some people that were boomers had to break the reins for you to even have multiple terms to call different generations of people. I would say that one went over your head, but went over mine too. Talk about a kill shot, ricochet. Almost like Ratchet and Clank, except I'm really clanking uh, the mic here. Uh, We're going to have a good episode for you today. Um, Yeah, it's been a pretty busy week. Man, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going, you know, I'm very happy. I have a job now that pays pretty damn well. Not going to lie to you. But man, the job application process, applying for jobs, these online sites like Indeed, LinkedIn, fucking, uh, I think there's one called Hire Me. 
you know, the, all these different ones, and they say, oh, online hiring, it makes it so much easier for you to hire. makes it so much easier for people to find jobs. Life was so much quicker and easier when there wasn't an online application. Because what you get, what ends up happening, you get a bunch of lazy fucks that apply for jobs that just put in a 80 different jobs. No one, they probably only want to work it for them, but they just keep throwing in, throwing in, throwing in. And then it saturates the field, then the job's like, eh, too many people to read here. We're just going to pick the ones and break it down. And then saturate fields, people don't show up for orientation, people don't show up for an interview. Um, on my second interview today, I went to a place. And she just said, you know, during COVID and stuff at uh, the uh, the other place I was interviewing at, she was talking about how she lost, you know, this past year, you know, a bunch of, you know, long-time employees, loyal employees. And so she had the, this whole hiring process has been annoying as hell because what will happen is they'll get someone, uh, they'll put out fire, people will put in applications, Half of them won't even show for the interview. And the ones that show up for the interview don't show up for the first day of work. And then the half of those who show up for the first day of work quit after four days. So it's like a bunch of people that just apply for jobs trying to get some quick money, but then realize, ah, this ain't it. Which if you don't want to work that, it's fine. This isn't a lecture about, oh, you don't work. Because, but when you, when you truly get into the hiring process of places it's really fascinating i really believe these online application things have actually made it more harder to get a job i remember the first couple jobs i you know first couple jobs i got i went in person got an application they see you interpersonal and regardless of people say first impressions like seeing someone in person gives you a better pulse of whether you even want them to interview and if you want them to interview, you'll actually give them the right directions. Where if it's someone you could tell you really don't want to work there, you'll just be like, yeah, uh, just go on this random site that our company actually never looks at. But technically, we have uh, the flyer on there. You could put an application. We could pretend that three weeks later when you call for an update, be like, oh, you just have to fill out another one. You just get the process so people get the hint like, ah, this is a pain in the ass. Being unemployed is a whole lot better. But man, the tedious process of this is weird because the place I applied to, shout out the FedEx. Uh, well, I just gave away my appointment. Wouldn't recommend that, but I'm not going to say anything bad about them. But it's weird because I put in an application and literally a day later, got an email, got a phone call and be like, hey, come in for orientation. I guess they have a crap load of people that work there, by the way. Jesus. It's a big-ass place. Um, but just by, you know, but compared to all the other places I applied to, you applied, and then, like, you're waiting, then, like, you follow up, and then four days later, you follow, oh, yeah, okay, come in for an interview, then you come in for an interview, and then it's whatever. It's like, okay, whatever. It's just the tediousness that, application process i believe the actual saturation of they just put out a bunch of openings for jobs that aren't really open or they put out a bunch of openings that are outdated or they put out a bunch of openings for jobs that you know they get a little sticky about where uh i feel like i'm doing an advertisement for fedex but 
FedEx, it was just like, yeah, we need you. It's uh, holidays, hiring, and it's pretty much if you're decent, you'll stay and you get more hours, blah, blah, blah. But this whole process has taught me a lot about how fucking annoying applying for jobs are. And the worst part, God God forbid if I was actually qualified for something that required, I don't know, a skill set, you know, in terms of like a scientist or microbiology or all these fucking extreme uh, technical, extreme... A cognitive amount of process that you have to learn. God forbid. Because man, from what I know, those are even bigger pain in the asses. Because they're more strict. They're trying to hire as lead. They're trying to have the most qualified people do the most amount of work. They burn out. And then they just replace them with another. Like man. We're back in the day. I don't know if you've ever talked to your uh, kinfolk. Or your fellow, fellow... Older, elderly. They always talk about, yeah, back in the day, you could quit your job till your bosses suck your dick. You go next door. Don't even have to feel like, hey, you hiring? Like, yeah, get back here, you little fucker. And you would get back there and start cutting salami. Like, it's... Like, back in the day, it was literally like two hours later, you could just start at the job. Now, granted, it's probably good they actually do background checks. It's probably good nowadays that they actually, you know, put a little thought process who you... You wouldn't just allow, you know, any person you saw at Jersey Mike's into your house and be like, you know what, just sit here and let's watch a game together. It's like, um, I don't know if you saw him there petting uh, an alpaca. Might raise a couple eyebrows before you wink him inside. Because they may get another type of wink. But, I don't know. This whole process has been humbling. It's been nice. Uh, It's been nice to actually get a job that potentially has dental benefits. It's been nice to actually get a job that, uh, you know, makes you feel like you're actually contributing something to society. And not killing people. I don't know, maybe they'll run me to death. I don't know. I've never worked there. But, you know, it's a it's a great time. But anyways, let's move past it. Let's plow right through. Like in Minnesota. Um, except Captain Kirk, I don't need a cousin. Because Alvin Cook beat her up. Wow, that's uh, not funny at all. But chances are she's probably abusive to him. Moral of the story is... Don't be like the baby and Donnie Lee. Or is it Danny Lee? Donnie Lee. Um, where it's pretty ironic in the video. I didn't watch it. I don't really care for their but I saw like the first minute video. It, it, just the sentence of someone being like, how dare you? Literally, these words came out. Wow, you had to call the police to kick me out of your house? It's like... Do you hear yourself? You should be lucky you didn't put no bop into it. Oh, shit, Clint. Uh-oh, here we go. Um, then you can really see the remix of what's popping. You do not want to see that. I'm not advocating for bad things to happen. 
All I'm saying is, is the baby has a record. And not just at Walmart, and not just at Rolling Loud stages, not just in the Dave Chappelle special. Um, he's about it. Wait, I really did make it Captain Harm. Let me break down my lineage of thinking without really. Captain Kirk, Cousins, Dalvin Cook, domestic abuse, potential domestic abuse that didn't happen between the baby Donnie Lee and his nickname is Kirk. What the fuck, Clint? Oh, he's killing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully they get that sorted out. Not in the baby mama drama. But if she was mine, I wouldn't mind. Just for everything except that. But everything that leads up to that, oh yeah, I'm here for it. Like, you know, it's got to be a little bit of a great feeling to be like, you know, a little toxicity at home is not the worst thing. I think having too stable of a home is a little bit, you know, it's not really, it's not really uh, productive. It doesn't really teach you anything. It's actually counterproductive. You know, you learn how to counter punches. <laughs> um, but yeah, too, I, you know, some, there is something to be said that too much stability is actually bad for you. Too much discipline, too much of, uh, too much of a straight arrow type of person. Too much of a tightrope walking on it. It's not the greatest thing because you don't really learn about faults. You don't really see the example of what's wrong. You know, you know, there's nothing wrong with seeing your mother throw the Rachel Ray orange saucepan at your dad. Nothing wrong with that. Especially, look, it, it's leftover grease. The grease has cooled down. She's not burning him. She's not going to make him Freddy Krueger. She's not going to make him, well, like, uh, Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight. Well, he's not just The Dark Knight, but, you know, the imagery. Like, you know what? She at least let it cool down, but, you know, it sends a message. Like, hey, next time, this oil is going to be hot. And I don't mean the oil you put on your face when you're bathing at the beach. Because not what you're looking for. Instead of a beach... Uh, but you know, towel, there's a thing about towels that are fascinating to me. Isn't it crazy how we have this semi-long, long piece of cloth that's like the length of, that's like the length of a twin bed blanket set, but it's got the width of something that only a three-year-old could wrap themselves around. And we're just like, you know what? Why is that the design symmetrical we've decided to dry our bodies off? Why can't it be the size of a queen blanket set? Why can't it be the size of a big quilt? It's just a long, narrow thing for us to scrub our bumpy balls in. For us to get behind the neck. For us to make sure we're really scrubbing deep into our head. Sell some blue, baby. Sell some blue. Talk about being into the blue without the Baywatch scenes. Because if Bay is watching... I'm not even going to make the next pun remark. Because I did not see the Baywatch movie with The Rock and Zac Efron. All I say is... Stay jacked, buds. 
stay jacked. But yeah, why? So let's say, I wonder, let's say you have your uh, wife who sets up the shower for you, you know, and you're about to shower together. Well, it doesn't have to be your wife. It could be your Kirk cousin or it could just be your girlfriend. Whatever, however you want to skip the rock. But let's say she's, uh, you know, keeping it, keeping the fire ignited, right? So it's like 8 a.m. She goes in the bathroom. She uh, turns the knob. You see the steam, but you're like, you know what? I can handle it. Even with my low self-esteem, I can deal with the steam. You know, she's in the shower. Maybe you want to go in and uh, rub some shoulders. Nothing crazy because, you know, you're a grown adult who doesn't objectify the woman when you're naked in the shower together. You just want to rub her shoulders. You know, maybe bathe her hair. You wouldn't touch or entice or possibly inflict or indent into anything else. So you pull back the curtain, you take half a step in, and the hot water is touching your inner thigh, and it's touching your forearms. And you're like, hmm, on the thighs and forearms, you could deal with some heat. And even on the back, you can handle it. A little bit. But, once it gets on the neck, once it gets on your fingertips, once it starts letting the lava... Go down your body before you erupt and like, ah, can't handle the heat. Then you know what? You take take your foot out. And when she said, what's wrong? Is it too hot? I guess you just throw in the towel. And that's your admission of self-defeat and being a pussy. All because it was too hot in the bathtub. Never thought you would hear that out loud. But maybe you threw a frying pan at her. Rachel Ray Orange. Gets a little too hot in the kitchen. People that take obsessively hot showers though. Is it cool? Is it attractive? Or is it more attractive when you see someone take an excessive cold shower? The extremes. You know, if you're a pussy like me. And you like a little warm. Warm cold. Somewhere in the middle. Just a little bit above warm. You know, there's something attractive if someone were to come in my shower overnight, no pun intended, and they were to, if I were to just see them take extremely cold shower, and they're just taking it, they're just, they're just, take, they're just taking the chills, giving me chill bumps just thinking about it, not gonna lie to you, or if it's excessively hot, and I just see them redder than Santa, and I'm like, man, she could put a gift under my tree any day of the week. Even if it's got a bumpy road down there. That's kind of a sad foreshadowing, but I'm not going to get into that. But anyways. Oh, talk about wrinkles. <laughs> the wrinkle effect. By the way, if you ever get your balls checked out, uh, nothing's more awkward than when he's down there. Wow, this just got really weird. And he's inspecting from down there, and he's like... 
you know, he's wearing gloves. You know, he's shifting without being weird. He's like, hey, do you lift your penis for me? So he can, you know, properly uh, observe and inspect your gadgets. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I going back to the future, Matthew Broderick. Uh, he wasn't. Yeah, he was in that. Jesus. But yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a weird thing. Like, I appreciate you, you know, not making this awkward and lifting it up for me. But at the same time, it's like, man, I'm really getting my balls inspected right now. That makes you rethink some things in your life. Of course, you know, I wanted to, but it was too serious of a situation to just look down and be like, hey, how's it hanging down there? Because, you know, when someone's messing with your balls, you probably don't want to make jokes about their compromising position because it may make you regret the fact that you uh, made jokes about their compromising position. Luckily, he was wearing a mask, just in case. Never know. I've seen enough videos. Never know where these things can go. But it need conversion therapy after. Anyways. Uh... But it would be extremely attractive if I just walked into my shower and some randomly semi-attractive girl was taking an extreme hot or extreme cold shower. Like, I'll toughen up to, uh, you know, impress the ladies, but I can only press for a little bit. The truth will always come out. It's like my philosophy. You know, you can lie at first. You can, I wouldn't say lie, but you can fib the truth. You can... Show off your quote-unquote most impressive qualities and avoid all your downfalls. Or you can over-exaggerate your this. You can pretend you're this type of dude and all this shit. But over time, the truth will come out. And then when the truth comes out, they're going to get, you know, drier than my bed sheets. But the truth will always come out. You know, whether you could disguise it for three months, three years, ten years. The truth will gradually come out. It may all come out at once. It may just be a Whoa. But, or it may just be a gradual bill. Like, hmm, I noticed some. Hmm, that's weird. That doesn't fit what you told me. Hmm, hmm, And then guess what? You're a fucking liar. And you did nothing wrong. You, you just thought you were doing the right thing. But see, if I were to jump in that shower when it's extremely ice cold or extremely ice hot. I don't know why I said ice hot. But let's just say when the, the heat is in the moment. Um, I can go in there for eight seconds and pretend, but I'm just going to get out. I'll get too frustrated. All my nerves will be pissed off. Just get in a pissy mood. Cause I like, you know, I have a standard for what I like in the shower. I like, you know, I, I like it being warm enough where I feel a tingly sensation down my spine. But once it falls below, you know, like if you've ever been in the shower too long, and if you've ever been in the shower too long, like let's say you're on a water heater budget, typically like after 14, 15 minutes, the same heat you had it on, it starts to naturally, the heat of the water gradually goes down and down and down and down. Uh, fucking scam likely fucking calls. Uh, Jesus. But the, the temperature goes gradually, gradually down. 
It's like a midnight summer moon without uh, the mooning going on. Because the pants are already off. You're in the shower. Unless you're a fucking weirdo. Uh, But. And then there's no worse feeling than when you're just sitting there and you just want to, you know, you just it's one of those times in the shower where you just want to stand there for 25 minutes. But you can't because the water is getting too uncomfortable. It feels weird. It's just not right. You can't you can't change water temperatures once you've already been in there a certain amount of time. You just can't. Your body is just not right. You have to get into the water in each sitting of water. You have to get in or jump into the water temperature the same as you leave it. Once it changes while you're in it, it's like the weirdest feeling. It's like a it's like pissing your underwear. And then just letting the piss sit there. And then it dries up and hardens. And you realize it wasn't piss. But, hey. How was I supposed to know? It was a prostate exam. Doctor, uh, doctor patient confidentiality. It's amazing what that can do for you, even when you put it all out on a podcast, even though I've never gotten my prostate examined, but I would only assume it's exactly what you probably think it is. You're probably too afraid to admit it not necessarily feels good, but hmm, this is something. I would only assume I've never had my prostate checked out. I've never even... uh. Tried out the process of having my prostate checked out. But apparently it's an important thing. Colonoscopy. You know. You gotta get it cleaned out. Sprayed. Spray and pray. Um, talk about excess fluid. It's a bit, I look like changing oil. Uh, I would only assume. Except it would be like if you didn't change your oil for 140,000 fucking miles. Because typically you get when you're 60. Like I mean look. What are you getting your ass cleaned out now for? I mean, I guess you're preventing... But if it's that important to get... Then maybe we should be getting colonoscopies like every two years or something, you know? Maybe we should all just be getting our ass sprayed out on a regular basis. But let me tell you, because you know what? You don't want to be a doctor that's doing colonoscopies all day. That's something you know you... You know, that's something you mix into the game plan. You know, you don't... uh, It's like a trick play. You know, you don't have your wide receiver throw 25 times a game. You throw one on a trick play. You throw two, maybe if you're feeling it. Like, you know, that's not some you, uh, that's not a focal part of the game plan. You do that to catch them off guard. You do it to keep the defense honest. As a doctor, if you're doing it every two years, it's like, all right, how serious is this? It's like, no one's going to take me as a serious doctor if I'm just spraying assholes out every day and dumping it into a bucket. It's like, no. I only need to do it when you really are fucked up down there. I don't even know. What do you have to do to get colonoscopy? Is it just something that you do because you're old and it's something you feel like you should do? Or do you do it when you actually start feeling things? I don't know. Hopefully, I never have to feel that anal cleansing. Um, not to sound like a douche, but look, man, if I die with a dirty asshole, I die with a dirty asshole. Tread lightly. That's all I got to say. By the way, try to fuck, you know, what is the point of a fucking, uh, clipper? 
If when I need you to clip my beard, you don't want to power up to do it. I plugged into every fucking outlet where I live. And my highly recommended brand never had an issue with it. For some reason, it's just low energy. It's like it's it's like you would think it's been on two hours of sleep. That beer clipper, that clipper has been unemployed longer than I've been unemployed. Well, he hasn't worked in four months. For me, it was two and a half. Oh, and some change. I let that man be. I let him collect his unemployment checks. I let him rest easy. He's still getting paid. He's in a nice comfy place. And guess what? The ungrateful ass is like, I don't want to work today. You work for three fucking minutes. Shave my fucking beard and power up. Then I had to get a fucking generator for my fucking wall clippers. W-A-H-L. Almost like a wall bird. Except it's uh, driving me up a wall. Makes me want to throw it. Ugh. They have a TV I don't use. Talk about clipping the hedges, except the hedges are like, all right, I guess I'll go fuck myself, huh? That's what my beard was. You know, I wanted to actually, I wasn't, I didn't dress up for my interviews today because I don't really have anything worth dressing up that fits right now. Don't ask why stuff doesn't fit. I didn't ask you. If I'm telling you it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit and accept that it doesn't fit, all right? Now your question doesn't fit to ask me what fits me. Could you imagine if I asked you, oh, why doesn't stuff fit you? You'd be like, oh my God. It's like, just accept the fact that my stuff doesn't fit. At least my good stuff. Collared, buttoned up. I know my body's in trouble and my flannel doesn't fit. But don't worry. Working on it. Anyways. But I want to actually, you know, I wanted to have a nice face. I'm not going to get a haircut, but I want to have a cleaner face. Not completely. Leave a little stubble. You know, don't want to look like a, you know, like a premature twink going in there. But hey. I wanted to, you know, show a show face. They don't know what it looked like. I mean, they make you wear a mask in there anyway, so didn't really hear nothing. But, well, they didn't hear me or nothing, but. So, they didn't really see my face. They probably don't even know what I look like. Well, she did see my ID. She's like, hey, you really let your hair grow out. I'm like, well, yeah, that was six years ago. I took that picture, well, four or five years ago. And uh, that's not the only thing that's grown out, if you get my drift. <laughs> I'm talking about my bank account. Actually, it's more like drawn out right now. Unemployment will do that to you. But you know what? I had pride. I didn't take no unemployment checks. Nothing wrong with people that do. But I knew mine was by choice. And I didn't capitalize on the system. And I was also afraid if I took unemployment checks, it would probably... Down the road when I do my taxes, it was probably going to, they were going to differentiate that. And I'm like, eh, you know, I don't want to take that risk. So, you know what I didn't do? I didn't collect unemployment, even though I probably should have. Would have made life a little bit easier. And probably would be able to pay my rent this next month. But don't worry. We're going to get it fixed. It's cool. Not to talk about myself too much, but you're doing a solo podcast. So if you have a problem about someone talking to themselves, talking about themselves, they're doing a podcast about themselves, by themselves, alone, I would say you got a you problem. FY, all the people that do solo radio shows and all these solo YouTubers, these political ones especially that you think are solo, they speak about anything but themselves. No, all they do is project what they hate 
and make you believe their political belief actually has standing. I'm not going to name names, but you could do the fucking math. Steven fucking Crowder. You know, these fucking... These Charlie Kirk's motherfuckers. Charlie Kirk literally looks like a fucking uh, backyard baseball character. If you guys ever play a video game, Backyard Baseball... You know, it's like the little kids with the bobbleheads and they're back there. You have like A-Rod that looks like a nine-year-old freaking, uh, what's that fucking character? Ness. He looks, <laughs> the backyard baseball characters look like fucking Ness and Link off the Wii and Wii. That was a fun game, but you got to be careful of these, just because these people have followers and subscribing, you also got to be careful to think like, oh. These dudes automatically know what they're talking about. You can definitely tell with how they talk about things. And you can hear it more than ever when you hear people talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. I'm not going to talk about it. Because I think the situation speaks for itself. In the sense of, if you want to sit there and try to defend someone. And say it has to do with Second Amendment. It's like the dude is carrying an automatic weapon around. You can say whatever. You're going out on the street unsolicitedly. Carrying an automatic weapon. Alright. If you want to sit here. And try to look at all these different angles. Except for what it is. Do your thing. I don't give a fuck to talk about it. I just got hired. You know. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to talk about things. Not that they even know this exists. And that's cool. Let's keep it that way guys. Let's keep it that way. Um, but. Look. Situation speaks for itself. It's a dude carrying around. Uh, pretty much a semi-automatic weapon. Just look at... I mean, just look at the gun. And then... Of course, people are going to focus on... What's happening in the trial. Sounds like the white version of OJ. Like, when OJ got released... Everyone knew. But there was this thing where... People felt like they had to defend OJ... Because of the race relation aspect... So when he was freed, people tried to justify and say, well, you know, it's be, well, is, you know what, this is a good thing, blah, blah, they try to justify it. And people are going to do the same thing with Kyle Rittenhouse, except it's going to be reversed. It's just white people essentially being like, oh, you know, if he, and they try to make it something it's not. It's like, all right, man, let's break it down. On camera, dudes carrying semi-automatic weapons. I don't know what to tell you. It speaks for itself. And if you want to play that game, reverse the roles of race. Wouldn't even be a trial. Wouldn't even be a conversation. We know what would happen. It's not about this. I'm not talking about it in the prism of just race. But for the people that want to talk about this and play sympathy for him. They're the same ones that would... Always build a wall if you reverse the... Yeah, you know what? Let's do that for this situation. You tell me how that works out. Let me tell you. It wouldn't be a impartial judge. People want to talk about the prosecutor being, being incompetent. They may be incompetent. But it's pretty clear there's a bias with the judge as well. So really, court the case should be thrown out and retrialed just because it's pretty obvious what the judge wants to happen. And it's pretty clear... And people will protect bad decision making as long as it somehow protects 
a specific law or a specific belief they believe in. They will protect egregious bad decision making no matter what. And that's what this is. But you know what? I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut the fuck up actually. And go fuck myself in the meantime. And I'm going to spray away from that. Alright. We're coming down the pipeline. We got 36 minutes. So we're going to go on a 4 minute spree of... All right, so she pulls out the cashier, pulls out a 20. I said, hey, you can uh, get 20 of this. She's like, 20 of what? I say, 20 more dollars because I, I don't have anything of 20 to offer. She's like, oh, let me, let me see what I can do for you. You want a cashier's check? I'm like, it would cost actually um, a quarter of the whole transaction if I get a cashier's check. But the cashiers actually never check. <laughs> wow, that was not a great payoff. But you know what does pay off? Um, loans. Except they don't. I actually did a I actually did a deep dive on my car payment, and uh, when I looked at the interest I was paying every month, and I looked at principal loan. Let's just say, doesn't fit my principles because damn that shit sucks. The one, you know, it's nice to have a car that you don't have to worry about for the most part as long as you're not driving a shitload like I have. Nice to know you have a quality car that at least will last a while. At the same time, there's a price to pay. Everything comes back full circle. Now the question is, will the Sprinter outrun the Marathoner? Because I've been sprinting that car to a lot of finish lines. So they gas tank up a lot. I'm pretty sure if I've done the math, with all the gas I've put in that vehicle, I probably could have paid the car off. And I don't know if that's much of an exaggeration. But hey, you know what? The way car buying should be. Getting fucked in the ass with interest. Woo! And they say credit cards are your best friend. Not that I did with the credit card, but... Credit cards are basically loans that are bound to fuck your life up. They're bound to fuck your credit score. And, oh, you just got to microdose it, essentially. It's like, yeah. So, basically, credit cards are LSD. If you microdose it, it's all good. But the problem is, people never just microdose things over a long period of time. We get adventurous. We want to try more. We want to see what it's like. We want to feel a little bit more than that microdosing. And then that's when you have... You know that situation where that, I think it was a comedian girl and like a bunch of other uh, comedians and she did, she did, uh, she did Molly and LSD and I believe Coke. They did a bunch of drugs, but the main thing that killed them was the fentanyl and one of the drugs. And I'm pretty sure if they would have microdosed it, right, would have been fine. But guess what? When people... Look, when you've already opened the rabbit's box, you don't know how many rabbits are going to be in that box, man. And rabbits don't, you know, not all rabbits are nice, man. I know we make koalas, we make rabbits, we make, like, uh, foxes nice because our (laughs) foxes have the cutest laugh. But let me tell you, they will fuck you up and give you rabies. Just speaking from a distant personal experience. I did see a fox bite someone one time. And let's just say he did not care what did the fox say. 
because it bit his fucking calf off. <laughs> That's not funny, but it kind of is. He survived. He's fine. If, uh, yeah, he's fine. I think so. But you know what? Even if he's not, sounds like a personal problem. But anyways. That's the thing. Credit cards and LSD and drugs of that of those nature. Where if you microdose it, it's safe. You get all the effects with all the potential crazy damages and hangovers and all that shit. Possibly fucking up. This isn't an anti-drug thing. What I am saying is we do gotta be careful when we're just, just microdose, just microdose. If you're microdosing every day, you might as well just fucking do it. Because that shit builds up. It's like drinking a shot of alcohol a day. A shot of whiskey every day. You know what? It's not going to kill you. And for some people, it's actually beneficial. Did you know that taking shots of whiskey before you work out is actually will actually help your workout because it helps calm the nervous system in a lot of ways. It helps you relax. You're not tense, which means your heartbeat will actually be a little bit more stable, which means you can do longer workouts, more strenuous. But let me get, But let me tell you, you do a shot for nine months straight. It's going to be some effects, man. And chances are, I'm going to say probably after a couple months, ah, I need two shots. Trust me. Take it from a guy who once did four scoops of pre-workout. Worst decision, well, not the worst, but it's top 18 of my life. I did so much, and I was so jacked for like two sets and a half. And I literally had to sit down because my elbows and my forearms were shaking and shaking. I literally had to sit down and do nothing. I, could, I couldn't even drive home. I sat there and I'm like, my whole body, my stomach was sick. It was self-inflicted. But you know what happened? I started doing pre-workout every day. One scoop, one scoop. Oh, let me do one and a half. I'm a little tired. Got off work late. I need a little boost. I'm going to do a little extra today. Then you're like, fuck it. I'm going to do two. Hmm, okay, it's a little mm, pushing the limit there. Uh, if I just do the water, the Resolute, it'll be fine. But guess what? You're like, fuck it. I'm going to do four. I want to do three workouts today. Number of pre-scoop workouts doesn't equate to more work, by the way. It will actually probably end up equating to less. Because your heartbeat is going to be beating more than Dalvin Cook's wife's face. Anyways. But yeah. We got to be careful with this microdosing culture. Have fun. Do your thing. But... Would you tell someone with a credit card, just do your thing? I don't think so. I wouldn't. You shouldn't either. And based off 80% of people's credit scores, none of us should be telling anyone what to do with their credit. You know, the number one solution to your financial issues has never been... Let me put this on a credit card. And that is episode 82 of the Often Beat Podcast. Like and subscribe and suck some titties. And that sounded like a fox. <laughs> Alright guys, have a great day. Um, Yeah, I'm not unemployed. I'm just employed. And undervalued. But with a job. Alright guys, have a great day. Stay employed. Don't quit your job unless you actually just want to quit. If you want to quit your job, just quit. It's okay. You owe no one an explanation. All right, guys. Titties. Got me.